Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Relationships come under strain for a variety of reasons, financial hardship, disagreements over children, issues with extended family. Throw in a pandemic and all of these stresses can be exacerbated. So now we've had, I guess, almost a year of the coronavirus pandemic. How are couples faring? Elizabeth Shaw is the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Good, thank you. Have you seen a spike in couples needing counselling during COVID? Look, we absolutely have. We've seen a spike in everybody needing assistance at this time. We've we've noticed in comparison to our last year's figures that we're getting about 2,000, just over 2,000 more calls per month. That's for a range of services, but a lot of it is concerns about people's relationships, whether that be a couple relationship or their their family, their relationships with their kids or their elderly parents. So yes, it's quite extraordinary the effects that we're observing over time. Are you able to pinpoint what is making people struggle the most? Look, I think there's a range of things that we're seeing. We're certainly seeing people whose relationships were probably not travelling very well before the lockdown. And because of busyness and jobs and being out of the house, you can kind of park it in your mind that, yeah, it's not great. But anyway, I've got a meeting to go to, a plane to catch, you know, and and people park it and kind of dread that the signs are not looking good. So during lockdown, for many, it was a kind of final test to say, well, can we pull the rabbit out of our hat here? Or, Or is it true that we have to face something? So there were certainly the groups that were in a fair bit of trouble. And there were also people who generally probably saw themselves travelling okay, but found that the pandemic, particularly the extent and the long-standing nature of it, started to grind away. And some bad habits perhaps that had developed settled into a groove which needed addressing. So those people were not necessarily saying our relationship's in deep trouble, but they did start to become worried at what was emerging during lockdown under stress. When you say under stress, are we thinking that it's financial pressures when people have lost their jobs or are there other stresses that we're not really talking about during COVID? Look, I think that period when people were homeschooling and trying to work was outstandingly stressful for anybody trying to do that and just ripe to feel like a failure at everything you were doing. I think also the the moving home is often talked about as as a desirable thing, but it's only when you you get to have it in its entirety that you start to see the pitfalls. So some people certainly thrived and, in fact, are longing for it to continue. But there are a lot of people who did find their mental health deteriorated and they became lonely and isolated, but also people lost their boundaries around homework balance And also, I think a lot of insecurity, certainly for the people that have lost their jobs, but for the people then who started to fear losing their jobs because they could no longer get any measure as to what a good job looked like. So suddenly it was, well, my boss is emailing at nine o'clock at night. Is a good job now the person who responds to that? Or, you know, normally you'd have gone home. So that might have been a boundary. 
So I think those things were very stressful. And it was also stressful for parents who were trying to work and might have had their elderly parents move in with them. So you've got three generations under the one roof. So I think juggling or trying to visit an elderly parent or being unable to visit raised a lot of questions about end of life and and relationship. And probably, you know, a lot of gender issues as well around domestic inequity, that it may be that a, a couple juggled domestic life in particular ways while both working or in certain roles. I think suddenly with most people home and making a hell of a mess, you know, the same people doing same duties, that also was a cause for trouble. So, I mean, that's just the the few that first come to mind. But I think we know that there were many variable stresses, including some genuine anxiety about catching COVID. You know, let's not forget that. The majority have not caught it, but there are an awful lot of people who are very fearful still about that possibility. If we're looking at a relationship going through all of those many different things, what are the warning signs that it's not just a a moment in time and that as we get more used to this new normal, we'll get more relaxed and maybe understand ourselves a bit better. What are the warning signs that there's maybe something more going on that we need to pay attention to? Look, I think probably the most obvious one is where you start to feel that there's more days than not when you're feeling cranky uh, or put off your partner in some way. And so that would be the first warning sign. The second um, is where you really are struggling to get out of the groove of habitual negative communication. So it may be that you go down a rabbit warren of, of sort of ugly exchanges and you can't pull yourselves out of it. And even if you do, you can't repair it well. It's almost like something ugly has got unleashed. And so you, again, couldn't put it down to a bit of a yuck fight, let's recover, apologise and move on. But you you start to say, actually, I took a hit there. I took a hit and it's not doesn't feel very repairable. And I'm feeling really sad and demoralised by that. So I think when you're starting to be unable to dress it up as anything else, and the fact that we're all in it together and everyone's under stress, I think there was a fair bit of cutting each other slack to start with. But over time, we are all responsible for our own behaviour. And I think if you see your partner perhaps acting out and not seeming to care, that sort of ongoing insensitivity can also be a bad sign. It seems to me it'd be a more challenging time to separate now or to try and work to not separate. Mm. Is it more challenging now? Look, definitely initially people literally couldn't go and rent something else because they weren't allowed to leave the house. Eventually real estate agents were able to respond to that with an even escalated digital means of at least being able to select a property. But I think for a lot of people, it felt difficult to consider. If you add to that, perhaps a partner who's just lost their job, so family income's compromised, or perhaps a partner whose mental health has deteriorated, it really can feel that if you've resolved in yourself that the relationship is over, you might for a whole lot of reasons feel, look, this is just so the wrong time to separate. And so then there can be, you know, couples who are kind of stuck together in not good circumstances. And, you know, we talk about things like separating under the one roof or even having a home study. But I think what this pandemic has shown is that 
you know, the majority of people don't live in houses where there's a lot of options under one roof. Sometimes the home study was everyone around the dining table. And so for those in lockdown needing to separate, the very idea of even being able to move to another bedroom, or it might mean someone's on the couch, is stressful. So people were a bit stuck together and not even able to undertake the basics of starting to get some psychological space. But certainly, as I say, income and fears of the future do restrict whether people feel they can separate and whether going to another property will be safe on the health front. What about psychological support? Sometimes people resist going to see a counsellor or one person in the couple may want to go and the other's like, no, we don't need to see a counsellor. What are some of the things people can do if they notice that things aren't quite right but they want to work on it? Is the first step always counselling or are there other things they can do? I think there's a lot of things that you can do. There are such a wide variety of resources that you can look at online. There's a plethora of books and podcasts and, you know, possibilities. I think one of the things that is really useful about that is if you're feeling unsure of the ground you're on, you know, am I being, am I expecting too much? Am I being unfair? Then those sorts of things are a good way to normalise your experience. So you can read and you can say, look, on balance, this book's describing what I'm going through. And so, yeah, maybe my comments are valid and I might bring them up. So they're a good confidence boost. Where they can, in a funny way, become a bit of a problem is if you've got one person in the relationship who's really, really worried and upset and they they often are the ones doing all the reading. And so in a funny way, coming back to your partner with a whole lot of readings you've done that you might use to validate your perspective can actually just dig a bigger hole for the dynamic. You know, Mm. are you overly worried? Then you're overly researching, you're overly discussing, you're overly, you know, putting things under your partner's nose. So sometimes breaking that circuit from, you know, a quick read to validate your concerns and then maybe getting an appointment, what it does is it it puts you both on the same ground. It means that you you both go and meet the counsellor at once. You, you suddenly, well, neither of you know the counsellor, neither of you have ever been there before. So both of you can drive there saying, oh, I feel a bit nervous. Do you feel a bit nervous? I wonder what's going to happen. And drive away saying, what did you think? What did you think? So for couples that are in dispute, sometimes the very act of it starts to put them a bit on the same page. Um, the difficulty is that... Um, is a couple of things. One is that people often think seeing a counsellor is the kiss of death in itself. So the sense that, gee, because it's all meant to happen naturally, of course, and that's completely a myth, but that idea that, you know, love is meant to make everything okay. So if we have to see a counsellor, is that really bad news in itself? Do people go there really to prove they need to break up? So a lot of people do come with fear. But in my experience, and I've worked in this field a very, very long time, it's amazing how many people say, look, this is just so helpful. I feel so much hope and relief. I just wish we'd done this before. Because often for a couple that's often working reasonably well together, a few skills and a good thorough discussion and a reconnection with what matters is such an energising, hopeful process to be involved in. And so to keep suffering at home fearful that getting help will make things worse. Um, It's a shame because getting help early could really turn things around. 
And uh, is it possible for people to actually go in and see a counsellor face-to-face or are we still in the process of doing telehealth or Zoom conferences for that kind of counselling? Look, there's certainly more online resources, which is great for people in remote locations. There are some concerns about online work if uh, domestic violence may be the concern. And so it's worth speaking to specialised organisations about how to approach that work so that you can be safe. But it's definitely the case that services have moved back into offices as well. We're certainly seeing a whole range of of requests. Some people want to stay online. Some people want to go back face-to-face. I think there's a value for couples and families. It can be easier to be seen in an office, but the option is there. The main thing to consider is to make sure that the person that you see is well-trained in couple work. Uh, Many people might see the occasional couple as part of their work. If your relationship's in trouble, what you really want to do is see someone who's made it their business to really invest in professional development to give you the boost that you're looking for. And what's your sense post the pandemic, whenever that might be, nobody knows. Do you think that we will see a spike in divorces, a peak in divorces, or do you think maybe people are working out how to get through this? Look, there's a, there's a fair bit of research around the world post-disasters. So after 9-11, after a number of tsunamis, um, major floods, and it, it's generally consistent that after such events, you do see a spike in divorces. Again, I think that's because some couples were in difficulty and then they just find, well, if we can't pull it together in a crisis, that's kind of the final straw. So I think there's a bit of that. I do think uh, couples who have fewer skills and resources can really struggle to have the language and the ability to turn together in a crisis, which can feel like they go into free fall. So it's, it's no surprise. And also under stress, there's a lot more incidences of abuse and violence and conflict, which is harder to repair. So I think we have to expect that we're going to see that. What's different, of course, about COVID is it's long standing. It's not an event, so it doesn't quite match the previous research. But I think in terms of the toll it takes on communities, I expect organisations such as Relationships Australia will be dealing with the effects of this over the next two to three three years as a minimum because people are still sort of trying to grapple with it together. And so, yes, I do think we will see the fallout from this for some time to come. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Elizabeth Shaw. She's the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.